1: Hey everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And thank you so much for clicking on the Holderness Family Podcast.
2: It has been a very exciting summer over here. Our game, Family Face-Off, is available at your local Target store. That has been so much fun to see people sending us DMs and, and on Facebook, like posting pictures holding the game in Target. It's so fun to see something you made, like, in the wild.
1: It's been fun seeing you see that as well. As, I mean, just as someone who is a, a Target uh, a fan frequenter if yes. you will, just being able, like, in your home, away from home.
2: I know, I got, a little like, bit of us. I got a little emotional seeing, and I, I mean, there's so many people who work so hard on that, so it's yeah. been a fun process.
1: Also, yeah, we're really excited about this. You know we're pickleball fans, yet, yeah, right? <laughs> you, do you know that yet? We're, we're huge pickleball fans. It's, but we, Kim and I entered a tournament,
2: well, first of all, we have to let you know before we tell you how poorly we performed, tell you it wasn't because of the paddles. The no. We, uh, we have partnered with Selkirk. Well, I was going to get to that. Okay. We partnered with Selkirk and there's now our own line of pickleball paddles. And we got to partner with them to design them. and wouldn't it be like super fun. And Selkirk is just industry leader in terms of pickleball. So it was so fun. And you can get more info on everything at com. Now on to how I'm very much a beginner at pickleball. I love pickleball, I love it, but I'm very much a beginner.
1: Yes. And so we entered a tournament. We didn't know how good everyone was going to be. We got there and every, not only did everyone have Selkirk paddles, which I guess is a good sign that it's a good yeah. paddle. They had like backpacks and their backpacks had lots of pickleball paddles on them. <laughs> they had lead tape around the paddles for like extra spin and power. They, they warmed up like an hour before time, oh which God. is, these are all things I didn't think pickleball entailed. I thought pickleball was like, you go out and you start. No. We played 20 individual matches between me, Kim, and our teammates, and we won one one of them. so so it, that was the real thrill.
2: um I, it was supposed it was sold to me as like this is like a very fun casual, just at this local club, very casual. And we knew some other people entering and like, well, they take it pretty seriously. They play a lot. I'm very much a after dinner, let's go hit around with the family type of pickleball player and I'll, or I'll get together with friends on vacation. I definitely want to take a lesson and learn more, but I'm very much an, an enthusiast. I got my teeth kicked in and it was so humbling, but it was still so much fun. I'm right. still, I'm very motivated to get better.
1: Well, that's the crazy part. We got crushed and I walked, what's wrong with me? I walked away from that tournament. Like that was pretty cool. Like that was, everyone was nice. And I do think that you got so much better over the course of two days. I don't think there's any better way to get better at a sport than to get your butt kicked for two straight days.
2: I mean, I enjoyed all but one match and I did get better. I think if I had like, I, I felt like there were some shots I was making by the end of it. It was very humbling. Don't hold it against the paddles because I think the paddles definitely helped me. And I think, by the way, some of the, some of the games we got close. We did. We got close.
1: We did. know. the paddles certainly helped. And again, everyone was wearing them or was using them. The okay. champions all had Selkirk paddles. It is really cool to have a brand deal with them and to have an alignment with them where you know they've got our names on the paddles because if you do play pickleball, Selkirk is... They're like the Air Jordans. Of, yeah. Uh, although I don't even know if Air Jordans are good basketball shoes. Those are like fashion shoes. Anyway, they, they are the gold standard when it comes to paddles. So okay. we're excited to be working with them. Okay. Speaking of sleep.
2: Speaking of sleep, yeah, <laughs> we weren't speaking of sleep. We made a vid- video recently called My Wife at Bedtime in which Penn sort of impersonated me in my bedtime routine, I guess you could say. Should we
1: play that real quick?
2: Let's play a little bit of that video.
1: Next part of the shutdown, obviously, you're going to love this nighttime skin routine. And I know you say I never use this, but I totally use it all the time.
2: I do. I mean,
1: right before bed, the blue light's not good for you. So if you could just turn that off and... No, pimple popping doesn't count. That's like, and it's...
2: It's relaxing. Yeah,
1: okay, time for my pillows. Got my base pillow, and I got my prop up back pillow. I got my third pillow. I've got my cuddle pillow. I've got my knee pillow, and then I've got the barrier pillows. Those are important. So these pillows make a giant barrier between you and me. All motion, noise, and everything stops right now. I can still sense a little bit of light. Is there a sliver of light underneath the yeah. door? You're not snoring, but you're breathing. And it's, it's very regular, like you breathe every 10 to 15 seconds. Can you stop that? Can you just breathe less? Did you always breathe like this when we, when we were first dating? Were you, were you like... <sighs>
2: okay, so that video inspired a lot of discussion in the comments. And people even pitched, hey, I think you should get a sleep divorce.
1: Yeah. Saw that one and laughed at first. I'm like, that's, that's really funny. Can you tell me more about that? What that is? And there were, I think there were maybe, I don't know, 50 or so comments of people just saying, Oh yeah, we've got this too. It's a funny term. Probably not the best term as we're about to learn that basically says you are married. You are in love. You are one as a couple, but when it's time to go to sleep, you go your separate ways. According
2: to the national sleep foundation, one in four couples sleep in separate beds. Fifty two point nine. This is very specific number fifty two point nine percent of US adults surveyed um, Said they've started to sleep divorce. I'm using air quotes and it has improved their sleep quality
1: Some of the research so reasons why people do this like have a sleep Maybe we'll change the name but but get sleep divorced Millennials and Gen Zers. Okay over 60 percent of them say that conflicting sleep and wake schedules or why they end up sleeping separately, and when it comes to an actual sleep disorder like apnea, the younger folks are a little more self-aware and take care of that on their own better than others. More than half of millennials start sleeping separately because of sleep disorders, and if you're a baby boomer, you only do that 22 percent of the time. So maybe the uh, the older folks are just uh, they're set in their ways, right? Yeah. We're so excited to have a sleep specialist to come in and talk about uh, not only. Our issues, which we'll talk plenty about, but how this affects teenagers, children, adults all over the world. Her name's Dr. Shelby Harris. She is a licensed clinical psychologist, she specializes in behavioral sleep medicine and she works to improve the sleep of everyone from babies through older adults using evidence-based methods she's been
2: featured on today good morning america the new york times and now the holderness family
1: podcast (laughs) she's finally made it dr shelby (laughs) is also
2: a specialist in cognitive behavioral therapy for anxiety and depression in adolescents and adults she is one of the very few board certified behavioral sleep medicine specialists with less than 160 clinicians worldwide who hold this distinction.
1: And with all of that impressive stuff, we're just going to make her try to work our stuff out for the first 10 minutes or so.
2: (laughs) But but maybe you're going through these issues too. Exactly. Welcome to the show, Dr. Harris. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, We're so excited to talk to you. This is a very hot topic. Sleep is a big topic in our
1: house. And we're hoping to get to a lot of stuff, but I I want the beginning of this to I mean can imagine us we're on a couch kind of Mm -hmm. like we would be on a couch at a I don't know a therapist yeah exactly we're in the trust tree we're in the nest and and we're just going to talk you through our current sleep situation and see if uh, we should consider a sleep divorce which (laughs) is a term that I heard (laughs) I saw on the comment section of our videos that was quite funny but also interesting and intriguing
0: Yes, I hate the term so much, but I do.
1: Oh,
2: you do, okay? Yes, we can talk all about it. it is so, we'll, we'll talk all about uh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so here's our situation for those listening. I am. I, I require sleep. Other people yep. have FOMO, like the fear of missing out. I have FOMS. I have the fear of missing sleep. I love sleep. I value sleep. Our, my children need it. I, I, if I if I get under eight solid hours of sleep. Better if it's nine. I'm, I'm a disaster. And I'm also yeah. very, and with motherhood and hormones and everything, I'm now a very light sleeper. So oh. even if he's not even snoring, but if he's like breathing weird, I'm- Or uh,
1: breathing at all.
2: No, <laughs> not breathing at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, it, it, my sleep is becoming, I, it's like incredibly disturbed. And so he had a cold recently. So he slept in the guest room. I've been sleeping great. So- I mean, is it t- like, are there couples that have happy marriages, because we have an otherwise very happy marriage that sleep in separate rooms?
0: Yeah. Oh, all the time. So the reason I hate the term sleep divorce is because it has such a negative connotation yeah. to it. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's a colleague of mine, Wendy Troxel, who coined the term sleep alliance, which I really love. And she's done a lot of research over the years on couples and couples sleep. And it's really about you two or whoever it is that I'm working with. If they really feel like you're protecting your sleep and you're sleeping better in separate environments, then go for it as long as you both have the alliance with it. So it's not like, because a lot of times what happens is one person's like, I, there was a video you put up recently of like, you were like, Pen why are you snoring all the time? You yes. breathe really it, up. That's the stuff I hear all the time. It's like if one person just reactively keeps going to another room and it's, it builds resentment, then yeah. that's not helpful. But if you're both on the same page and say, you know what? We feel better. We sleep better. it. I think strengthens the relationship in a lot of ways. It doesn't mean don't get in bed beforehand together, (laughs) have time together, have some intimacy, do whatever you want to do. But then when you're about to roll over and go to sleep, you go your separate ways. And for some people really is helpful.
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, So I like the term sleep Alliance. I think it's great. You heard Kim's side. And I just remember this is counseling, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw in my side. I when it's time for me to go to sleep, I go to sleep. I don't always go right to sleep. Like we both like to do stuff. I'll read a book or I'll listen to, you know, I I, I'll watch a TV show, but I'll make sure that it's like on the super darkest possible setting, and I'll wear headphones to make sure that she can't hear it. And I'll put a barrier pillow and a blackout sheet and like everything I can do to to keep that from happening. Um, I do I don't have apnea, but I do have like allergies pretty frequently. And so I, we have the little nose vents that I jam up my nose that, that feel great. And, um, also, um, she's tried taping my mouth together. We've done some, uh, we've done like this weird thing that looks like a wrestling mask. You know, we've done everything we've done that. These things don't work. The things that pull your nose apart, they don't work for me at all. Anyway, All that happens. And then I'll be I'll finally get to sleep and I'll get punched in the back uh, because I'm snoring, which I understand. Like she needs to wake me up. But then I end up being usually the one who goes to the other room. And I think there is some resentment because because for me, and this is like the therapy part of it, I really do feel like I'm doing everything I can to prevent this. And so being being woken up in the middle of the night and having a tough time getting back to sleep is tough on me. So I don't right. know that we have our proper sleep alliance, alliance. yet. Yeah. So I, how, well, like help, help us, get us, fix us. <laughs> go, go. So <laughs>
2: so you just met us, fix
0: us. Yeah. Just met you. So the first thing I always try to encourage is making sure that you both are doing as much as you can in the situation to help with whatever problem it is. So for Kim... The first thing would be, are you doing anything like noise blocking head or like the noise cancelling headphones? Are you using white noise? Do you have a bed that's really big? Are there things like that that you're doing to try and help with the noise? Mm-hmm. And then for pen, the next thing I always suggest is like have you been actually formally evaluated when it comes with the snoring? Like a lot of people will say, i don't have apnea i'm not saying you do but they end up having some mild apnea or is the snor- is the snoring happening routinely that or is there allergies that you could be taking medication for it? is there anything like that that you could be doing to try and eliminate that
1: good question uh, i i think i'm doing most of that um i'm trying to i'm actually trying to improve my diet so that i'm not snoring as much i haven't taken a sleep study so that's something i have not done um, yeah kim does have white noise right mm-hmm. we do have a pretty big bed it's i so the, the other thing is she is she can hear everything. everything yeah and it's a great gift and i can't hear Shit. So we're gonna need to bleep that out but i like I the our ability to hear is on opposite sides of the spectrum
2: and we'll be right back The birds are singing. Mm-hmm. The, the buds are on the tree. Yes. Winter is finally turning into spring. Yeah,
1: you're a big fan of the spring. And you know, I also love the sun finally coming out from hiding.
2: And you know me. The cold weather just wreaks havoc on my skin, my energy levels, everything.
1: And that is why you've... Kim, you've been trying the care of vitamin packs.
2: Yep. They have these daily packs that you can take on the go, like ceramides, which help reinforce your skin's protective barrier and iron for energy levels.
1: Yeah. It's awesome because all you do to get started is take a short online quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals and care of will give you doctor backed recommendations and
2: they ship high quality personalized vitamins supplements and powders conveniently to your door every
1: month and something new at care of if you're not yet ready to subscribe to monthly packs some of their best-selling vitamins are now also available in bottles
2: For 50% off your first Care Of subscription order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code Holderness50.
1: That's 50% off your first Care Of subscription order at TakeCareOf.com and use code Holderness50. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar.
2: Pen, you know I'm always looking for a snack that's both nutritious and tasty.
1: Both a little snacky, yes, <laughs> uh, but of course the healthy stuff tastes like sand and the stuff that tastes good isn't healthy, right? Not IQ
2: Bar. Their plant protein bars are a quick, low-carb option that I love to grab for my midday slump.
1: So start each day right with IQ Bars' brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. Get seven IQ Bar flavors, four IQ Mix flavors, and four IQ Joe flavors.
2: And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer for 20% off plus free shipping. Just text Holderness to 64000, which is 64000.
1: All IQ Bar products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMO, and artificial sweeteners.
2: Plus, they're packed with high-quality ingredients to keep you physically and mentally fit.
1: And they have a bunch of delicious flavors like chocolate sea salt, which is my favorite, peanut butter chip, and wild blueberry.
2: Don't forget over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting.
1: Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix Sticks, and four IQ Joe Sticks.
2: And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus free shipping.
1: To get your 20% off, just text HOLDERNESS to 64000.
2: Get your discount. Text HOLDERNESS to 64000. That's HOLDERNESS to 64000.
1: Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details.
0: Yeah. So Kim, what you're doing is a very classic thing is like looking for everything that could be a sleep threat. Yes. That could potentially oh. be an issue. Right. Yes. So some of it is also I encourage people like to practice some mindfulness. Right. So there can be that aggravation that mm-hmm. builds up like, oh, I hear it. and You can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. So for some people, if you have noise canceling headphones or whatever you can do. Do you, if you practice meditation during the day, which is kind of a weird concept, but the more you can practice meditation during the day, if you do it, it's about learning to like, hear something that's annoying and then let it go. It's mm-hmm. like the refocusing on doing breathing, something like that. So you're not necessarily getting rid of the snoring, but you're learning to let go of your frustration with it. Cause the frustration is sometimes what gets in the way of you being able to get back to sleep. Would you agree with that?
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. I definitely, my issue is probably once I'm, it sort of startles me awake. And then okay. my, um, I'm like, I'm like on that, my adrenaline is kind of going because I feel like I'm yeah. being attacked or something and then getting back to sleep is an issue. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but i I do know that he's doesn't, he's not doing it on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I'm not, yeah. you know, I am, I try to, I try to t- love tap, not punch in the back for the record and
0: is it always happening Pam? when you're in a certain position oh yeah you're i
1: can't sleep on my back which sucks because my shoulders are disasters now because i have to sleep on my shoulders now and i have wide shoulders but yeah i can't sleep on my back unless i'm in the other room
0: and is that what's causing a lot of the snoring kim is that what you're noticing I, I would, you, back, he, you wake up and have to move them yeah okay so number one if it's happening is it happening like routinely not just allergies do you notice it routinely yes I might get it evaluated and a lot of people think that an evaluation means that you're going to go and sleep in a sleep lab and you're going to have all the things hooked up to you, which can happen for some people. But for many, it's really just a home sleep study, which could be as simple as literally like a little pulse ox on your finger and a watch that you wear that's some of them will do that others are like a chest band and a little nasal cannula they're really simple and they're just going to like screen essentially to see if there's any apnea so i always like to know what you're dealing with especially if there's some consistent snoring and kim if it's like enough to startle you awake, maybe you are very sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we do see rates of apnea start to go up. And, and Penn, you know, you're athletic, you, you don't seem like the typical person that might have apnea, but we do see it
2: routinely in people who aren't necessarily
0: mm-hmm. overweight and older.
2: Men. I, I was there so, are some nights also, I, I, I know I have trouble getting to sleep, staying asleep. So I am with my doctor. I'm on this, yeah. you know, sort of, um, cocktail of supplements you know like melatonin and l-theanine and like so i'm taking some sleep aids to chill me out so i i don't think it's every night but i would say a lot of nights so i don't know it it, and again it part of me part of his issue is i think if he had a normal wife it would be fine because it's not the classic buzzsaw snoring that you see in you know sitcoms it's it's not it's not that bad but yeah i think we should get evaluated and think? he
0: pauses in it. And then the other thing, too, is if they say it's nothing, but it's only ha- happening when you're on your back, you're probably very hyper aware of like when he is on his back or pen, you're noticing when you go on your side. Like there are things you can do to train yourself to not sleep, end up on your back in the middle of the night. So there are devices that you can get that you can wear that will actually gently like. Sh- kind of vibrate a little bit while you're asleep so that it helps move you to your side. It'll know your position. Oh, it's a little shock
1: collar. (laughs) Sounds great.
2: (laughs) If I could have the remote for it, you could wear it.
0: A little vibration. And then there are other things like um, simple treatment techniques. And it's hard because you do have to train yourself to sleep on your shoulder, like on your side. But there are simple techniques that we used to use before these devices where you would literally wear a pocket t-shirt backwards and you put a tennis ball in it and sew it in. So that it's uncomfortable so you don't you if you roll on your back you roll back to your side because you don't feel comfortable laying on your back or a fanny pack you could even wear backwards so there's a lot of things so you've got to first of all know what you're dealing with a bit and then the next step is if noise canceling is not working you've done everything for the snoring and nothing is working you've tried the allergies there's no apnea nothing's working then i suggest sometimes we Think about having separate sleep, sleep alliance, because you both have done everything you can and you just have different sleep styles. Yeah. It's that. But I also wonder, like, too, do you have different times
1: of when you do That was going to be my next question. She likes to go to sleep a little bit earlier and I like to wake up a little bit later. It's not, it's not a ton. Like it's to the, it's to the point where like she she'll be asleep and I'll fall asleep 45 minutes later.
2: Yes. Yeah, so okay. It's not, um, it's not huge. But, but
1: yeah, we both value sleep. Like I value I'm not I'm not a six hour a night guy. I'm an eight hour a night yeah. guy. Uh, so I'm not I'm no good without those eight hours. But yeah, no. Th- so I would love to know your thoughts on that.
0: So does it Kim? when you get in bed? And then Penn, you said sometimes you'll watch something, right? Is that something that disturbs your being able to sleep? Even if you have the headphones on? Do you wake up because of that?
2: Uh, there are times so uh, this is how I realize that I like I am the problem mostly here is that what, what, what it will be is the, the brightness from the screen. Mm -hmm. Well, and it'll, there'll be a scene that'll be like flash, flash, flash. So even though my eyes are closed that, will and then sometimes he will, he falls asleep. I think in a perfect world, he would fall asleep with the TV on in the room. Right. And he would he'd be fine with that. But what will happen is his headphones will slip off. He'll fall asleep and then I'll, I'm so sensitive to it that I'll hear the noise through the headphones. So, yeah, so I am a, I am the worst. No,
1: it's, but you're not the worst. You're, you're Kim. Um, (laughs) uh, The, the, one of the most interesting ones was I reached over for a a sip of water recently. (sighs) And do you not want me to tell the story? You can tell it. I reached over for a glass of, of, of water and there was ice in the water and kim thought that something in our some glass was breaking because it was a of metal the, cup because it was a metal like cup and it was clink-
2: it was yeah. clinking and i thought <laughs> i thought glass she was breaking. she
1: was stirred awake because she like, <gasps> thought there was a break-in in our house and at yeah. that point i'm like i know she's not making this up that's yeah. but that's some serious uh that's you got good hearing babe <laughs>
2: And a good startle response, it sounds like. Too. I, yeah. You guys are safe on my watch. I I got watch. I will say, though, I'm not I, I would miss you terribly if it was a forever sleep alliance. And we yeah. just had totally separate rooms. But my grandparents were the happiest happily. <laughs> I like it, though. It's they just, were the happiest yeah. married couple I've ever known. And for as, as soon as they had bedroom space, as soon as their kids yeah. moved out. They went to separate sleeping quarters and were so happy for it because there wasn't, you know, the sleep apnea machine and stuff like that. And my grandfather was a famous sor- snorer, snore and they were so happy. So I yeah. don't have, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. It wouldn't make me sad to not have you there all the time. It so made maybe me sad. It's like a part-time
1: well, I also did. it would be sad for me because I know who would win the custody battle for the bed and, like the other, no the, the guest room is warmer and doesn't circulate air as well as I our know. bedroom. So that part That's sucks for other, me.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing I stress too. When you talk about an alliance, it isn't one person is in the nice bedroom and the other person gets relegated to the couch, yeah. right? You have to have equal, maybe not the same size beds or everything, but you have to equal sleep environments where you both are happy in those environments. Yeah, you know, Otherwise the resentment builds again. I think. But the other thing so too, is. when we're talking about sleep timing, is that that is a big issue. Like my husband likes to do that too. So he'll like get in bed sometimes and like be on his phone and stuff. and like, it drives me crazy. And I go to bed earlier. I'm very, we have a very similar, like kind of sleep style and sleep pattern to you guys. So what we try to do as often as possible is really just say, okay, the sleep space is for us when we're both awake to do what we want to do, be together. But then when it's actually one, because you have different, slightly different circadian patterns, when it's time to go to sleep, that's when the bedroom gets protective for that stuff. So, Kim, you go to sleep, and then Pen, you on your phone everything outside, which is a hard adjustment for some people because they're so used to falling asleep with the phone in their face. Mm-hmm. It's then when you get in bed too. It's that's bedtime. So, you're not doing anything to necessarily purposely disrupt each other's sleep. Yeah. Th-
1: that's a great idea in theory. Okay. What oh, if yeah. what if any noise getting into the bed once she's asleep? is because I have she gave me a a curfew a couple of uh, like a decade ago, right? The curfew is (laughs) means once she's asleep, I can't I have to find somewhere else to sleep. (laughs) Because if I came in and just opened the door, that would wake her up. Or if I turn the light on that would wake her up. So if I what that (laughs) I guess what that would mean is, as soon as you go to sleep, I have to leave the room until the next morning.
2: No, I think, um and We're, then we'll move on because we have a lot of other questions. That's true. This is been very summer. yeah, yeah. But I so, um yeah. I would say so. He plays tennis, and he has like this Wednesday yeah. night tennis thing, fun thing, and they'll stay out until eleven. Yeah. And I, but I'm in bed at nine thirty. So if he's yeah. at eleven coming in, showering, lights are on. Yeah, that's like not. That's not cool. Yeah.
0: So but there's a bit of like accepting that not every night's going to be perfect too. Right. And as long as that's the exception not the rule, then maybe you have to like kind of live with that as long as you want to be in the same bed.
2: Right. Okay. We're going to move on from our that's personally easy answer, but yes. Our personal counseling session. Thank you very much for doing that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm curious and we need to back up to the beginning there. How did you end up becoming a psychologist who specializes in behavioral sleep medicine like how did you what path led you to that one
0: yeah so I was a terrible sleepwalker as a child sleepwalker (laughs) yeah Yeah. to the point where I tried to like leave my I grew up in Rhode Island I tried to like leave my house my parents would set off the alarm my dad would come down with a bat like that bad I always had a bottom bunk at sleepaway camp and it was like, I had no idea that anything that was happening. It was so crazy to know that like weird things can happen in your sleep out of your conscious control. And I was always just fascinated with it. And then when I went to college, um, just after I graduated, I worked in research because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into psychology or music, which is kind of weird. Oh, wow. But I like took took a year off and I worked in research and they put me in um rehab centers for people who were in early rehab for alcoholism and what Mm. they were doing is they're treating their insomnia while they were in rehab because a lot of people go back to drinking because they're not going to go back to sleep yeah exactly so we were at the time using medication and we found that if you treat people's insomnia it helped to reduce their risk of relapse significantly it was amazing And this was in like 2000. I was like, why are we not talking about sleep? At this time, the wellness stuff wasn't a thing so much. Why are we not talking about this in the greater like population? So I went to graduate school for psychology and looked for people who had specialties in sleep. And that's how I kind of fell into it from there. And then I worked at a sleep center here in New York City, and they trained me in behavioral sleep medicine. So we have like MDs who treat with like PAPs and medication, and we also try to use behavioral techniques which is what i do to treat insomnia nightmares people who have trouble with their um cpaps sleepwalking sleep talking and that's what i do and i work in private practice and it's It's so amazing to see someone sleeping better because you can see after a few sessions, they're like their face is just so happy It impacts your life in so many ways. Yeah,
1: that is all fascinating. Um, (laughs) I I know it really is. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about sleepwalking, though? Like that's are you
2: still a sleepwalker?
0: no i outgrow so sleepwalking sleepwalking sleep talking night terrors they're all like in the same class of sleep disorders um it's very common in kids and they often outgrow it my kids actually it's hereditary too my -hmm. kids had night terrors and were sleepwalkers as kids too and then you tend to outgrow it but in kids and adults um we often look at like sleep deprivation alcohol Mm -hmm. A lot of poor sleep hygiene can worsen it in some people, and if it just starts out of nowhere in adults, then we look into other factors that might be making it worse.
2: I do know that my I deal with some anxiety, and if I have not slept, and a, a one night is bad, but two, three, four nights, it's I'm, I'm toast. Like I, I know my right. mental health suffers if my sleep is poor. So I have trained our children. Also, they've always we've always just really protected and valued sleep to the point that they have a lot of sweet friends and they'll do sleepovers and the, and it seems as if the friends can get by on six hours of sleep or four hours of sleep and repeatedly over the summer, right? My kids after one sleepover, they're done to the point where they don't enjoy sleepovers. Um, do, are there just kids, people, adults that require less, that truly require less sleep to function and be proper, properly functioning members of society?
0: Um, Yes, but they are few and far between. So the when we talk about adults, especially, the range that most people need is between seven to nine hours. So it's like I have a colleague that once said it's like shoe sizes. There's like a lot of varying shoe sizes, but you kind of all average in the same area. That's where they get that 8 from is it just between 7 to 9. But there are some people who do better with less and they don't need as much and they function fine like 6 hours. There are some people who need even more. And for teenagers, the typical range is between 9 to 10 hours. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people get who get less sleep. Some people might actually be fine with it. Other people just kind of fool themselves. And if we were actually to do like tests on them of functioning and cognition, they might not do as well as they think they'll do. It's almost like um, drunk driving sometimes we see. People who are drunk driving often think that they're better Mm -hmm. at functioning than they actually are. And we see that with sleep deprivation too.
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, you look at your kids and they fall down the stairs or they run a 5k or whatever. And they don't get sore, right? They're, they're they're just physically able to recover from these things. Is sleep similar? Uh, You know, is that something that they're just able to rebound from better than us or, or, or are they kidding themselves when they think that?
0: I think a lot of times they're kidding themselves. So like when we think about teenagers the school start times in a lot of the country is super, super early, yeah. that they're, they're chronically sleep deprived. And we know this in um, adolescence, and it affects so many areas of their functioning. And we also see higher rates of like things like injuries from athletics, and they have, take longer to recover. So even things that they might not think about, when they're getting even like an hour less sleep routinely, it impacts so many areas, areas of their life that they don't even realize.
2: We're, this is a hot topic in our house right now, because school is starting here and my daughter's a junior now and she's taking a lot of ap classes she's also on this really she's on the the tennis team and they have four matches a week i mean it's it's bonkers this schedule to have already prepped her i'm like i'm i'm prepared to be the unpopular parent and just demand that like weekends are sleep and not sleepovers it's sleep she is saying don't worry mom i got it i don't need that much sleep but i'm seeing here that teenagers actually need nine hours of sleep and Yeah. yeah so um how long can kids go and function on? I'm thinking like her goal is to get seven or eight. I don't know. Can she, can you, I always call it my sleep bank. Can you store up sleep on a weekend? Like if she slept 12 hours a night on a weekend, does that help?
0: It's like, sometimes there's only so much you can do, especially with the time that school's starting and the things that are like, we're trying in our field to really change that culture and to change start times for schools because kids really do need sleep. But sometimes you also have to just, deal with what society is giving you in that moment. So we do encourage kids to sleep, especially teens to sleep in on the weekends. You can bank it up to some extent, but usually they're losing so much more during the week that you're not going to really recover all of that on the weekend. But as long as they don't have trouble falling asleep, like Sunday night, let them sleep as late as they need to in the weekend to try and recover whatever
2: they can.
1: Speaking of what society and culture will give you. Yeah. We've got a daughter who's a junior in high school. She's. Uh, I just said that. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> I I'm aware of that.
2: Okay.
1: But we're getting into the college admission yeah. process, and yeah. I I look at the, what they are, you know, what like a high end school. Let's say, let's say our daughter wants to go to Harvard, which maybe she will. Who knows? Um, in order to achieve what these people are looking for at these higher level schools, it looks like about seventeen hours a day of work.
0: Mhm.
1: What I mean, huh?
0: It's ridiculous. Yeah, It's absolutely ridiculous, right? There's this idea that we just need to value working, working, working. And that idea of like, I'll sleep when I'm dead, essentially, it's not helpful. And I think some, there has to be reality here. Like she has to protect some sleep because then you're going to do better at the things you're doing when it comes to academics and, and any of the athletics and all that sort of stuff. But 17 hours, right, that's not going to allow for much sleep at all at night. And especially if they're going going, and they're on screens doing work up mm-hmm. until bedtime, too, because most schools now have, like, iPads that they're on or computers for all their homework. That that's not helping either. Like, we have to talk with the schools and really change society to protect. I mean, this is their health that's really at, at, at risk here. And the, the schools that are requiring all that stuff, like that's a choice that's got to be made. But at the same point, we need to really be working in, in a societal level to really like see that this is what really helps with their emotion functioning, their cognition, their growth, so many areas.
2: It is bonkers that she's taking all these AP classes and there aren't textbooks for it because it's all online. And Trust so me, it's mad. Yeah, it's maddening. So knowing the the realm in which we're working for, you're a realist. What are some tips that we can employ to help our kids Um, especially throughout the school year, have some better sleep habits?
0: Yeah. The number one thing I really encourage for everyone, and this is hard. I mean, I have a 13 year old named Penn as well. (laughs) It's the sport. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really funny. Um, Is to really not have tech in the bedroom. It's, Mm. it's, it becomes a fight with a lot of teens, but it's a, very tempting for a lot of teens to just like go on their phone they have the friends who like you said can live on in their minds like five hours of sleep at night and they're texting the more that you can have a shutdown time to really just quiet things that's really i think that's one of the most useful things ever for 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 kids um and to also encourage them when we talk about sleep being important it's important for you to get this amount of sleep is to really talk about why is it important for them in their lives So is your kid really into academics? Is your kid really into athletics? Do they want to do certain things? How is sleep going to help them to achieve the goals that they have? So it doesn't feel like just another thing, like you got to eat healthy and exercise, that kind of thing. But really powering down at night. And also the big thing too, is, and the parents often hate this, is having the parents model it for the kids. So a lot of times we tell the kids, you can't have a screen in your room. You can't have this. And then we're going to sleep with like our phones in our face. And they know it. They see it as our alarm clock. like that's the stuff that you have to model for them as well so like charging stations outside and to be realistic about the bedtime right you know the thing is teens don't often get sleepy until later biologically so to force them to go to bed early often is a recipe for disaster because they just lie there awake so to really time it appropriately but don't give them the temptation at night is really important oh
1: that's interesting so there may be some situations where we're sending them to bed too early um, and, yeah. and that leads to that restlessness.
0: Exactly. And okay. that's, that's the big reason with the school start times in adolescence is what we see in younger kids is they go to bed early. They wake up early, much to the chagrin of parents. They're, they're on that early schedule. And mm-hmm. then when they hit that kind of preteen teenage, they shift later mm-hmm. and it becomes that about 11, 12 timing and they need about nine hours. So the like Academy of Pediatrics, like we we all are saying that 830 minimum for a school start time is really what's necessary, because they biologically don't get sleepy earlier. It's what naturally shifts. And then when you become an adult, you shift a little earlier.
2: It is funny. I've always thought I, I'm sure it's because of like buses and athletics and such. But the elementary schools where we live start, I think around I'm trying to remember now, but I think it's like eight forty, nine thirty, nine thirty, 930, 930. Yeah. And they wow. go a little late. And they're almost done like at 345 and then wow. but then the high schools start at like seven so i'm yeah. like if you could just switch because i know when my kids were in elementary school yeah they were up at six they were up at six and i would have loved yeah. to drop them off at seven <laughs> i would have yeah. loved to have that day start a little earlier so i'm like if yeah. we could just switch it and i think it's probably sports the reason why if, like high school sports i'm thinking there's a reason
1: but yes. Oh, so they can get games done after school. Yes,
0: yep. and and this is a big argument, right? Busing and sports are the two biggest things, right? However, California—it's now law that all schools for high school have to start at eight thirty. Not <gasps> no earlier. Yep, it can, it can be done. It can be done. And in my town, I helped with my—I live outside of New York City in the small, small town, but I helped them to change the school start times. And so we're doing eight thirty. 8.30 for middle and high school, and then the elementary school starts at 7.50, which is a little early because we have to shift the busing. But it works. I mean, it was an adjustment for a lot of people, but it can be done. You have to be creative about it. And But the teenagers, it makes such a difference. And all the high school student, uh, teachers are saying it really, they notice their students are like, more there when they get to school in the morning it makes a big difference
1: can you explain the science behind this 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 is maybe the circadian rhythm thing that i've heard about growing up i don't know but i just i'll tell you a story i was a morning news anchor for a while and so my alarm went off at two fifty five in the morning, mm. right? No, I know like she's shaking her head. It was the worst 18 months of my life. Mm-hmm. No matter when I went to sleep the night before, like I could, and I did at some points, I was like, I'm going to bed at five 30 in the afternoon. I'm not going to see any of my family. I'm going to fix this. I still felt like crap when I woke up the next morning because it was just, it, it was still the same number of hours, but it was like the wrong time to do it. I guess is yeah. it, what's the science behind that.
0: So that's, that's what we call like chronotype. And the circadian rhythm fits into that. So when people have a circadian rhythm, circa means about, dn is a day. So it's this kind of rhythm that's built into your body of when melatonin naturally comes out in your brain and gets expressed and helps keep you asleep. And then you start to wake up when melatonin stops. And that's a very, if we keep the same bedtimes and wake times, it's a very routine pattern. Now, everyone has different chronotypes. So it's what is your circadian pattern for you? So some people are more early birds. Some people are night owls. Like the two of you are a little bit off. You're not drastically off. But that chronotype can make it very hard for certain people, many people especially, to work shift work, right? You think Mm -hmm. about it. You're trying to go to bed at 530 at night. Mm. The sun is still out. Even if you try to keep it as dark as possible, it, and did you on the days off, try to shift later to go to bed later too. And so you could sleep later. Yeah. I did wanted
1: to see to my like, family. <laughs> uh, like I, I didn't have like, you know, they were having dinner. I wanted to have dinner with them.
0: Yeah.
1: So of yes, course. I did. And so that made the rhythm tough as well.
0: Exactly. So shift work is hard for some people, many people to adjust to, but especially when you have the days off and you're not keeping it routine enough, you're never really setting that daily pattern to be routine enough that it's, it's a struggle for a lot of people.
2: Uh, talk to me about Momsomnia. Oh, yeah. W- oh, oh, what, what, what's That's a fun portmanteau. That, yeah. Talk to us about uh, what the moms got going on.
0: So, okay. So I wrote a book that came out in 2019 called The Women's Guide to Overcoming Insomnia. And in it, I have a chapter called Monsomnia. And the reason I called it that was because all of my mom friends were m- calling it momsomnia that they had now we call it revenge bedtime procrastination it's that's it's all the same thing mm-hmm. and like dads like it's it's more encompassing of everyone the idea is that you're busy doing so much stuff during the day <sighs> and especially like work taking care of kids then trying to clean up and do everything that you just aren't like I don't want to go to sleep when I need to go to sleep okay. gosh darn it I just want time to like Binge watch whatever show I want to watch on my phone and do just mindless things. Yeah. So we sacrifice sleep to do these things, which is not always great. Like I get sucked into it myself as well. Like I'm. I'm. It's. It's not easy, but it's that idea of trying to steal back time for ourselves. But what are we sacrificing? We're sacrificing our sleep.
2: Yeah, I have to say, I think pen is um, a little. I. I. I understand the urge because. Yeah. It is like your, my quiet time to just, I'll sit there on TikTok and watch pimple popping videos. I love it so much. And it's like so relaxing to me. But I do pretty. I, I i do a pretty good job of putting the phone down i think yeah. pen if i were willing because we're binge watching suits right now on netflix yes. if like he is trying to peer pressure me he's like babe just one more
1: let's just get this done let's just get this done we need i to can't know- take it anymore i gotta finish it <laughs> and he's like just yeah just
2: one like so feel as if this dad is probably your candidate for dad somnia but
1: yes and no i so i have bad uh, most people would say i have bad sleep hygiene I don't know. It works for me. Like I either read a book or I watch something on TV until like there's a point in my day where I get so tired. It's usually at about 1025. That's not bad. Like 1025 or 1030. I get so tired that there's nothing that will keep me awake. So I could I could turn my like I could I could be playing Metallica in my headphones at 1030 and I will wake up at eight o'clock yeah. the next day if there are no yeah. outside influences. Um, but yeah, yeah, I do like to I, I would love to stay up and watch stuff.
2: Uh, so, so your recommendations then obviously are to do all those really annoying but necessary things like leave the phone out of the room, stuff like that, for the moms, for anybody, for anybody. yeah.
0: But it's like, but it's also I, like we said earlier. I'm a realist. Like mm-hmm. I, my husband and I right now are like we're watching Succession. And we can't uh, like we get and those are hour long episodes. Yeah, women so like Oh, one more, one more, one more. And sometimes I get sucked into it, right? If we have to know, but it's as long as you make that the exception, like I keep saying, it's like if you want to go out and have a glass of wine late at night, like once in a while, fine. Just know that you're going to be more tired during the day. Don't make it the routine. And I encourage a lot mm-hmm. of people, especially with the um, streaming stuff, a lot of people have autoplay on. So if it finishes one episode, it goes right into the next oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yep. You can turn that off.
1: What? oh so that's good because can- i'll be I'll, I'll like have 30 rock on in my headphones and yeah. i'll wake up the next morning and i've gone through an entire season i'm like i'm wondering did i hear all of that while i was asleep uh, probably yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and you just did- turn it off so you have to make that conscious effort and decision to say am i choosing sleep or am i choosing to watch another episode
2: of suits uh, <laughs> that's that means- a good point um and real quick because you you just brought it up and goes without saying alcohol at this point in my life is a sleep disruptor. It used to, in my twenties, it helped me sleep, but now yeah. I have a glass of wine. I get sleepy, but then I'm yeah. two or three o'clock in the morning. I'm just up. What is, what is the impact of alcohol that you notice?
0: Same thing. I have the same problem too. It's so alcohol is one of those things that can, like a lot of people do use it as a sleep aid. It's not a great sleep aid because even if you think you sleep through the night on it, it causes very disrupted sleep. Mm -hmm. And for some people, when it wears off, they awaken from it. Mm -hmm. And if you have any snoring issues or any like sleep apnea, it actually can worsen all that. So some people will say like my significant other snores more when they've had beer. That can just be a big issue between two people. So alcohol is okay to fall asleep to but we don't recommend it because the quality of the sleep is terrible
1: mm-hmm. i feel like we should end with dr harris's top five enemies of sleep binge oh. shows <laughs> like what are the shows in your life that have caused you to break all of your own laws because you have to watch the next episode
2: we should have um, let you prepare no i like What's, this on the fly oh, i think she's going to give a it to idiot. us on the
1: fly okay so you <laughs> oh she's got it okay I got it. let's go I got
0: Let's see. Okay, Succession is a big one. That's okay. A, okay. Um, the last season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I didn't love all of it, but I oh, just got sucked. Oh. In, like, how is it going to end? We only
1: I watched knew- the first two. I think. Yeah, right? well, yeah we got to watch we the last to, one. We have to watch the last one. And then
0: one. I got like, but the last season was like, what happens? How did she get discovered? I want to know all that. Um, this is going to sound really lame, but I love the Great British Bake Off. <gasps> Me the too. Christmas.
2: I just, that's my, if I need to like clean out a closet, I'll just put that on and listen
1: as I'm doing. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, so that's three. The bear. Has been we got to
1: watch that.
2: Everybody's saying I'm, so like good.
1: People get visibly upset with me when I tell them I haven't watched the bear. It's like, what do you mean you haven't watched the bear? I'm like, relax. I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So good. Bear is
0: fantastic. Okay. Highly recommend. The fifth one, you know, I don't, I can't think, I mean, I love a good comedy, you know, I do love 30 rock, but I've seen it a bunch of times that I don't need to like keep watching it. I have
1: to think about. It. That's my number one enemy. Cause I, I can, um, here's the thing. I can close my eyes and I already know what it looks like. Yeah. So I don't need to watch it. And so I, bam, I'm asleep five minutes later.
2: It's like an anxiety blanket.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're
2: using it as almost like a distraction yeah. technique. That's
1: my number asleep.
2: one. Okay. Um, well the, that, good way, good use of your degree for answering that question that was so good okay are there are there some recommendations before we sign off here besides yeah. getting devices out of the out of the room you know kind of like your sleep hygiene tips
0: so um device out of the room is a good one you know and i'm also like if you can't even find like a five minute buffer to wind down you need to really make some thoughts about how you're spending your time <laughs> in your life like mm-hmm. give yourself five minutes to just quiet down sleep's not an on-off switch Mm -hmm. So five minutes, then move to 10 minutes, give yourself like some time to like kind of process your day a bit before you go to sleep is really important. The wake time, especially if you're not a teenager and you're an adult and you have some trouble with sleep here and there, keeping a consistent wake time is really important because that helps to set the bedtime and it helps to set that rhythm, that Mm -hmm. circadian rhythm really, um, and keep it intact. Another big one that I always talk to people about is that there's, if you're, still having sleep problems, and you've tried like limiting coffee, the limiting the alcohol, all that stuff, and nothing's working, there's amazing, really evidence-based treatments out there. So like what I specialize in is cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia. I see people two to eight times usually, not even weekly, to change not just sleep hygiene, but change what they're doing in bed, the thoughts they have about bed. Um, And it's the gold standard treatment for insomnia above medication. Most people don't even know about it. Mm. So to ask a sleep specialist to like Get treatment because it doesn't always have to be medication. Sometimes it is but we have really good treatments. And then the one other thing I stress to people is I think our society gets almost too obsessed with optimizing everything. Mm -hmm. And so I sometimes am seeing patients now more and more that get so rigid with their bedtime routine that they worry that if they don't do one thing in a certain order or something doesn't happen, they're never gonna sleep that night. So I encourage people to almost play around with that bedtime routine to become a little bit more fluid with it. So they're not so rigid about that night because it's normal to have a bad night here and there.
2: That is really lovely to hear because I do get a little rigid, as you can expect. Now, is there a point in time, like how much insomnia? I, mean, I think people, I have friends and I can list them yeah. here who are just like famously can't sleep, but is there a period of time in which they should, people should be reaching out for help? Like what's considered like yeah. a problem? That's
0: a great question. So usually I tell people like chronic, insomnia, not even chronic, short-term insomnia is one month where you're having at least three nights a week, where you're having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep or awakening earlier than you want. Wow. So that's the term is a month. So I tell people like, if it's going on two, three weeks and you're starting to get concerned, maybe talk to your doctor. Chronic insomnia is three months of that three nights a week. Mm. So I think that problem is our society is that we expect to like sleep perfect every night. And that's not realistic. Like I have a bad night here and there, but if you're noticing it's happening multiple nights a week and you're getting concerned, definitely talk to your doctor.
2: Okay and there's um and so how can people find you and all your yeah. resources
0: So you can find me pretty easily I'm on Instagram and sort of on TikTok not that much um at @sleepdocshelby and then I have a website dr like doctor, drshelbyharris.com and you can reach me through there you can DM me I'm very accessible and then I have a practice in New York City where I see
2: people online and in person Well this has been very exciting thank you very much for being our sleep therapist Um, and all this, and I have to say that I think the lesson I learned is it's not going to be perfect every night. It's not, I mean, it's, and that's, that expectation is just not, it's not realistic.
1: And there's science behind that too. It's that rhythm, right? And so you, you create your rhythm and you maintain it as well as you can. And, And, uh, when that doesn't work, you uh, go into the other room. (laughs)
0: Thank you, for the Sleep Alliance for the alliance, and <laughs> the oh,
1: thank you for that too. Because I, uh, by the way, because yeah. I was I was giggling at that term, and you're right; it's way too negative. Like it's not something it's that a doctor should ever say for sure.
2: No, that should well. Thank and you. when I tell patients,
0: sometimes I say, you know what? I think you've tried everything. Just go to separate rooms. It can be freeing for them. It's like yes, a yeah. therapist gave me permission and to it, do it.
2: Yeah, and it's great. Well. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank
0: you guys for having me. I love all the work you do. You bring a lot of joy to my life during the day, so thank you.